No, I got one more thing. So we okay. got about five minutes before Wayne Randazzo okay. hops in. Yeah, so yeah, I don't yeah. want to start something and gotcha. drop it. One okay. thing from OTAs yesterday that we didn't mention, we talked about pre-show. Oh. Uh, and you can take the picture here. After one of the deep passes that Sean Watson made, he gave his famous arrow celebration. And normally, celebrating in practice, I, I don't look much into it. Yeah. But I actually love the fact that he did this yesterday because it appears he might be getting a little bit of his swag back. And I do think that's going to play a role in Deshaun Watson getting his confidence, regaining the mojo he had in Houston, and then becoming the quarterback we all expect him to be yeah. later this year. What did you guys think of seeing Deshaun Watson? Jason, you were there. I'm not sure if you yeah. noticed it in the moment. I didn't even notice, no. But Any he thoughts did pull it out on him at least celebrating twice. a touchdown in seven on sevens? Uh, I don't. I don't get that wrapped up in it. I, the only thing I'll say on it is I think that he's more comfortable this year. I think yeah. not all of it, but most of the stuff is behind him. And I'll preface it again, like I always have to, that I'm not I, – I think it was very difficult on him mentally, emotionally, everything that he went through. And I'm not saying it wasn't self-inflicted. I'm not saying anything. Yeah. I'm just saying being in his position, it was, there was a lot there. And I think the fact that most of that is now behind him uh, is a burden off his shoulders. And I just think that he's just feeling more comfortable in the system. I think he's looking forward to a full training camp, this full OTA session, a full preseason where he can just focus on football. And, and so Even I, the questions for the media are all about football at this point. Yeah, and we knew that they – Yeah. Like, all these things have a cycle. And right. all these things, at, at some point in time, that gets set aside. And it's not going to come back up unless there's reason for it to come right. back up. So, it, from this point on, it's all football. And I think – that I don't put a whole lot of stock into any sort of fist bump or the arrow or anything like that. To me, it's just a sign of his comfortability and the fact that he's he's settling back into a routine. Man, who who you are? Like, I'm a big proponent of look good, feel good, play good. I, I'm a big proponent of you know playing with some sort of energy level, right? Um, you know, football is an emotional sport. Sports in general is emotional, right? And I think a lot of times we've seen superstars that have gone from being guys that were no, notably well-liked to the villain. I go back to LeBron in, in Miami. Like, you know, he was wearing a carbon fiber mask and he was zero dark 30 LeBron and it just didn't fit his description. He was the guy that we saw in Cleveland doing all the celebrations and the dancing. And this may go, uh, this may go a little deeper but generally speaking, most likely, you know, for, for me, just speaking from my appearance, and I know other people are different, you know, you know, black people have a, a, a spirit, like a, a, a culture, like hip hop and, and just being more descriptive when we talk about dancing and when we talk about, if you even go back to Africa, you talk about um, just the, the culture of celebration, of, of just competition and people really exuding who they are. Sometimes you need that that you need that energy to keep you going. And sometimes it's difficult when you go through things and that energy level is taken away. If, if you at work, nine times out of 10, people think about leaving their jobs because when they, uh, the feeling that they get when they wake up. Everybody's had worked at a job where you wake up and you get that that sick feeling in your stomach like man I should be doing something else. I hate my boss. Yeah. They ain't paying me enough. I'm undervalued I don't even want to even be in this industry People start to they that's when you actually start to quit a job and think about what do you want to do? But when you get a job or you go somewhere and you get that little tingling in your feeling like yeah. yo like Everybody, you know, we do other sports, and when you turn the microphone on or the light comes on, yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a feeling, it's a vibe. So the, it's cool to see him actually have that passion kind of come up a little bit. Yeah. Um. And, and like you said, it's not. Does that get a transition to Super Bowls? That's not what it is. But it is good to see him back to his old old self in, right. in a little small window. We talked about yesterday his comments. Jason commented on today the comments he made about knocking off the rust and stuff like that. And my concern was, Jason, you talked about, you know, he had all these distractions, self-inflicted or not, doesn't matter. They're distractions. Right. And it, affect, it, it, it seemed to have affected his play. And part of that is his confidence, his mojo, whatever, intangibles, whatever you want to call it. Like, he seemed to have lost that edge last year. And, and he's got to get that back. So... 
Does him doing the arrow celebration in a practice mean he's back? I don't know. Is the confidence back? I don't know. But I think it does signal that maybe he's feeling more comfortable. Maybe he's feeling less pressure. Some of the things are off his mind. So I do think it's a good sign. But a big deal, no. But Because uh, normally I'd make fun of somebody for celebrating in the 7-on-7. Seven seven, but I kind of like that. I saw it from him. Because we want to feel like his confidence is coming back. Yeah. Because you got to have that when you're a quarterback. All right, Wayne Randazzo, uh, who's the voice of the Angels on TV, used to do Mets games on the radio, um, does Angels on TV. He's a part of the Apple TV broadcast. And the Guardians and Twins will be on Apple TV Friday. Now, the Guardians, by the way, had a nice win yesterday. Oh, yeah. And they scored a ton of runs. They 12, 12 and I got it. Listen, I've killed them all year, so I give them credit for one day. Josh Naylor at a home run against the lefty. He can hit lefties. He can. There you go. There you go. By the way, I believe in the game where the Guardians scored 12 runs, Miles Straw, I think, went 0 for 5. <laughs> Eight. Didn't he? And you know, Tito, you know, Tito gave, you know, I like when he calls people, you know, Gabby, uh, you know, Gabby, nicknames, you know, right? you know yeah. Gabby, uh, you know, he, he had a home run. It's good to see that. Listen, it's nice to see some runs for they once. hit what three home runs in the game, right? Yeah. Arias, Naylor yeah. and with the third home run. Mm. Bell. Bell. Oh, and Bell. Yeah, yeah, right. Right, Easy right, right. Him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's forgettable, right? Unless you talk about Albert. No, I, I mean, it, it's refreshing to especially in Camden Yards. Now, I used to, I used to love Camden Yards when it came out. I, used I was to, not when I went there. I, I wasn't overly impressed. Really? Really? Oh, I love it. I thought it was I thought it was fine, but I, I didn't think it was as amazing as people said. I took, My favorite park of the new parks that I've been to. I haven't been to them all is PNC. I think PNC M- McNuggets, Actually, I haven't been McNuggets where the top fives at. We got to have top five ballparks. We're, I think we're, we did that. Fan experience. Yeah, we you got to take that? out the old park. You know what's funny? You know what's funny about Camden? We did yeah. a few years ago. We did a vacation just up and down the eastern seaboard. We went yeah. to a bunch of different cities and we stopped in Baltimore and I took my son to a game. We went early for batting practice. So we sat in right field and I kid you not. As soon as I sat down, I wasn't yeah. down three seconds and the ball landed in the seat. Ne- like I could have oh, nice. died. Nice. <laughs> it would have hit me right in the head. Man. Hit right did in the you seat go to next the to Nationals me. Park too? No, just Baltimore. Just Baltimore. The Nationals just Park Baltimore. is nothing. Yeah, the I've Philly's never heard. new ballpark is nothing. Why, why would you get like it's almost like the, the 49ers new stadium. Like why would you get a, a nondescript stadium? It is like weird these days. And, and, and back then I, I used to always love the fact that every single stadium it looked like in Major League Baseball had their own specific like thing like like when you go to like uh, okay. the water fountains in Kauffman Stadium, right, the right, right, big right. monster. I, I always love that. It seems, seems like some of the parks now are just well. Generic. HOK was the architecture firm that did Camden and did Jacobs Field. Mm-hmm. It was Jacobs yeah. Field back then. Yeah, yeah. Phenomenal job. I love yeah. those. Phenomenal. By the way, I have yes. Built all of them in a game where the, the Guardians had a rare 17 hits and 12 runs, including three homers, and they had what five, seven, eight extra base hits in this game. Miles draw 0 for 4 with a 1. Well, good. You didn't even notice it, did you? you did. Because of all the runs that they scored. Unfortunately, the Guardians only score like that once a month. <laughs> all right, let's bring in Wayne Randazzo. Um, Wayne, of course, I don't know why I assume. I, Wayne, I, I did, I, for whatever reason, not, not because you were doing Mets games. I don't know why I thought you were from New York. You're not. You're from Chicago originally, right? Yes, yeah. People, uh, you're not the only one who makes that uh, assumption. If people do think I'm from New York because of my connection to the Mets, but I am originally from Chicago. I was surprised, too, that uh, somebody from Chicago got a New York broadcasting job. Yeah, it's a really slap in the face to us New York guys. I'm very insulted they didn't call me. <laughs> but, uh, no, in all seriousness, you did a heck of a job because I, I listened to the you – know, I'm not a Mets fan, but I do listen to the Mets because the Mets, the Mets traditionally, for those who don't know, from Cleveland, have always had very good broadcast teams. you got to be really good to do games for the Mets. Their TV – is probably the best in baseball, certainly top two or three. Uh, their radio is fantastic. It's a long tradition of great broadcasters there. Now you're out with the Angels doing TV there. Uh, but but anyway, there, there was a there's a very famous restaurant in uh, in Brooklyn where I grew up called Randazzo's. Did you ever go there yeah. when you were in New York? I have been there, yeah, and I'm not related to them, but uh, yeah. there's a lot of Randazzo's, believe it or not, especially in New York. Of My course. family was originally in New York and then they moved to Chicago, but um, it's great. You have, you have good taste. And 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 uh, you're doing, of course, the Apple TV game and the Guardians are playing the Twins, Apple TV Friday night. 
By the way, this is very unheard of for baseball, but yeah, you'll, I think, appreciate this, Wayne. My Little League team, we are doing a watch party, an Apple TV watch party. I can't, I'm not just saying this because he's on. We're really doing this. An Apple TV watch party for the Guardians and the Twins. Tomorrow night we're doing, we're practicing. We're having a, a practice at 7, and then we're watching the game at 8 on Apple TV at my assistant coach's uh, backyard. How about that? A little watch party for the Apple kids TV. are probably more familiar with Apple TV than the than the adults. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yes. The adults. Yeah, yeah exactly. They'll show you guys how to use it. Exactly. So uh, it's a big series. I know it's early in the season. The division's been bad, but I'm looking at this as a big series for the Guardians because I don't think they play the Twins again until August. So this is an opportunity as bad as they've been to, you know, to get ahead of the Twins in this division. Yeah, you know, with, with fewer divisional games this year, there's more, there's less opportunity to, to play each other. And, and when those games do happen, I think they do carry a heightened sense of importance because this is your, now you have fewer chances to go head-to-head and gain ground. And, and the Guardians have some ground to gain. There's a lot of time. I mean, if, even if this series doesn't go Cleveland's way, you know, they'll, they'll still have time to make it up. But I do think there is that heightened sense that, you know, these games are, are kind of, early type playoff games uh the you know the angels are in houston right now going through the same thing playing the astros those games matter it's the divisional baseball and and when you have those fewer games you have to go head to head and and earn it and uh, this is a chance for the guardians to do that against the twins minnesota's in first place right now hardly a team running away with that division nobody really has has taken the, the bull by the horn so to speak in the american league central so it's it's something that I think the Guardians have to look forward to and, and see this as an opportunity to win a series in Minnesota and, and, and get a little ground game. Wayne, we're playing a game with all the guests today. Does Bull look like a pedophile or a plumber? <laughs> <laughs> plumber. Obviously, there's a great, a great Super Mario Brothers connection there. And, yeah. You know, plumber. But Wayne, like Wayne doesn't know me, so he doesn't <laughs> – like, for all Wayne knows, I have this stupid mustache all the time. Wayne, I've never had uh, – last week on the show – Well, I felt like we needed to explain it yeah, because yeah, it probably no. caught him off guard when That's he saw true. how ridiculous so he was. So, last week on the show, we – I brought in a picture of me in high school, which is the only time I'd ever had just a mustache. I've had a beard a lot, but here, here's my high school picture there. Oh, man. With that mustache, right? Like, I'm ready to go, yeah. you know, party. I mean, I mean like you're New York. Picture. Not really. You, you look like, you know, 90% of the New Yorkers I know. So exactly. it really is not out of place to me. <laughs> exactly. So today, I surprised everybody on the team here by shaving my beard and just showing up with the mustache for the first time probably since that day in high school, 30-something years ago, whatever it was. And so that's why he's making fun of my beard. So you feel free to make fun, <laughs> fun of my mustache. I don't have a problem with it. Well, anyway. Right, well, I need some pipes cleaned. I'll let you know. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Wayne, I know you do a lot of the Angels games, and I, I had to ask. I'm sure you've seen the the thing on Twitter. I think is absolutely hysterical. Every Angels game is Mike Trout hits hit three home runs, Shohei Otani hit two home runs, and the Angels lost eight to five last night. Is this the year that the Angels finally make the postseason? Do you think? And and what's going to happen with Shohei this offseason? Yeah, I, I wish the Angels were in the National League because the answer to that question would be yes, they are yeah. going to make the playoffs. But in the American League, it's a lot tougher. I mean, you know, you figure that in the AL Central, the division champion's going to get in and that's it. But in the East and the West, you know, there's multiple teams in those divisions that are playing really well and that certainly look like playoff teams. Uh, Tampa Bay with their great start. Baltimore's been very good, kind of under the radar because they lose – some of the spotlight to the Yankees and they lose some of the spotlight to how good the Rays have been. But the Orioles are really good, too. And in the American League West, the Texas Rangers have, have spent yeah. a lot of money and Bruce Boshi's their manager and they're playing great. And, and the Astros are, are consistent and very good every year. So it's tough. The American League's tough and you can't. The, the Angels have had some moments where they've been a little sloppy. They've lost some games either with late leads blown happened in Cleveland. I mean, the, the games that they lost to, to the Guardians. Were, were games that I think the Angels looked back on, especially that, that second game in Cleveland that they should have won. They had a 6-2 lead going into the bottom of the eighth inning. Those are the kinds of games you really can't lose in the American League. So it's going to be tough because uh, I do think the Angels have enough talent to get there. They just have to play consistently good. Yesterday was one of those days you kind of talked about where Trout and Otani did a lot, and they won. So that's a good thing. If, if those guys are going to carry them, they need to win those games. So 
there's a there's a long way to go, obviously, but I think the Angels really have to tighten up how they play defensively and their bullpen so that they can win the games they should win. Well, you know, Wayne, uh, we, we started a little tradition. I don't even know who asked the first question, but every time we have a, a prominent baseball um, figure on, we talk about, all right, so how much is Shohei Otani actually worth? Like 600 million. So could could we trade you all our prospects today? <laughs> That's all the Gavin Williams and Bybees and uh, who else? Throw, throw Allen Espino. in there. Uh, Espino and, and all these guys. Whatever. Uh, whatever you want. How much would it take for us to get Shohei Otani? What, 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 is it, what does the package look like? Just for the rest of this season, not even thinking about beyond. Yeah, right. just for the rest of the season. Well, I think uh, it's it's tough because you're getting you're getting. I, mean, I think the Max Scherzer, Trey Turner trade stands out. You got you got an ace pitcher and you got a great offensive player in that trade. Although you had an extra Scherzer was a rental, but Turner you had an extra year, so you, it's not a great comparison, but it's a it's a good one. And Washington got Josiah Gray. And they got Cabert Ruiz, you know, the top two prospects the Dodgers had at the time, a starting pitcher and an everyday catcher. And, uh, you know, I think that would probably be uh, what you'd expect. I think it would take the top two prospects from uh, a minor league system right now and maybe a couple other guys that are toward the middle of that top 30 list. I think it would still be a pretty good haul, even with Shohei being a free agent at the end of the year, because you're getting the, you're getting two players in one. So I, I do think it, uh, there's still a, a big price to pay if there's a trade to be made. Now, if we're talking about free agency, yeah, I think it's I think it's going to start with a five. And, uh, you know, I think there's going to be some hesitance because he's a better pitcher than he is a hitter. He's still a great hitter. He's still a difference-making hitter, but he can also be the ace of a staff. So you have to trust how long is he going to pitch at the rate that he is. You know, a lot of times – you know, generally, we don't see pitchers get huge, long free agent contracts. So that will be taken into account. And so will his marketing ability and, and who and the, just the uniqueness of who he is. It, the number is going to start with a five. I don't know if Cleveland's going to go. You think Cleveland's going <laughs> to put chance. up that number? Uh, uh, no I, I mean, we ain't spent $500 million in the last tw 20 years. <laughs> I mean, right, so it limits, it limits who's, who's out there. There's, there's going to be suitors. Uh, certainly, the New York teams will will go after him. I don't know if he wants to go to New York. I think I would oh. if there were if I had to guess, I would say the Dodgers and the Angels are the two favorites, and you know the Padres are interesting because they'll spend the money. But I don't know if he wants he 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 is obsessed with Darvish. He idolizes Darvish, and I don't know if he wants to go to a place where he has to feel uh, secondary to somebody. And no matter what, no matter how much more talented he might be, he'll always feel second to to Darvish. For the record, Seattle's my dark horse. We got to see him at Wrigley Field. I want him on the Cubs. say in Chicago. I say Seattle. Is there any chance they trade him, or is that cool now because the Angels are in it? Well, they're in it, but they're still, you know, two months almost till the trade yeah. deadline. So, yeah. uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I think I wouldn't trade him. Even if I'm not in it, I wouldn't necessarily no, I wouldn't trade, trade him. I, I think that you have to re-sign him if you're the Angels. Yes. I, I, you can't let him wear another uniform. You can't let him go. No, He's too right. valuable to not only the team on the field, but the team off the field. Yeah. You should see how many Asian fans the Angels have at every game that they go to. These people are obsessed with Shohei. They, they want to watch his every move. And you're giving up as much money as you'll take to sign him. You're giving up so many dollars worth of marketing and advertising with Japanese companies and people that are watching all over the world to see Shohei Otani. I would never let him wear another uniform if it were up to me. I agree. The Angels are insane. They should pay him whatever it takes. They, it, there shouldn't be a number too high. To, the guy's the greatest baseball player. I mean, it's, it's just unbelievable. We've never, obviously never seen any, anything like it. So, I I don't know. We'll, we'll see if the Angels are able to keep him. But it's fascinating. By the way, speaking of Apple TV, I watched the Ted Lasso finale. Anybody else watch the Ted Lasso finale yesterday? I'm still in season two. No. Oh, you in season I'm two? I'm almost there. Don't spoil it. I won't spoil it. I'll just say that I liked it. I'll just Good. keep it at that. I watched the Ted Lasso finale. Uh, also, two other great shows on Apple TV. I don't know if you're – Wayne, you know, you're doing the games, but I don't know if you feel like you have to be committed to watch it. Two other shows currently that are on that I really am enjoying. One is another comedy called Platonic with Seth Rogen and um, – Rose Byrne. 
Rose Byrne. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> and the other is Silo, who really has. I don't think there's anybody famous yeah. on that show. It's a, it's a good that one. show is really good. It comes out on that comes out on Fridays. New episodes, and uh, Platonic comes out same as Ted Lasso on Wednesdays. Yeah. Both good shows. Are you into? You those need shows? to add shrinking to your to your queue. There. Well, yeah, shrinking's, shrinking's done for the season, but that's a great. That was great. Yeah. That shrinking's show was really awesome. Good. And also, what's the one? Uh, oh my God! Where they where they, they there's a work version of them and a home version of them. What's that? I can't remember the name of the show. I don't. I don't know if I know that one. Oh yeah, my God! Know. Severance. Severance. That's it. Oh, okay. no, another great Apple TV show. Check that one out if you haven't seen it. Anyway, getting back to baseball. You know, you talk about. Uh, we talk about the Angels are still in it. It's crazy right now. Everybody's still in it. I, every except for the A's and the Royals, every other team in baseball, even the White Sox, I believe, is within six games of a playoff spot. White Sox might be seven, but basically yeah. everybody's still in it because both Central divisions are awful, outside of Kansas City and Oakland. And again, you're right. We got two months, but Oakland's got nobody to trade in like a dump deal because they got no good players. Except for Ruiz, but he's young. Ramon Laureano. How is she getting for Ramon Laureano? Yeah, I mean, at, at this he's, point, Laureano is, has been a shell of his former. I yeah, mean, he's, he's, I know, but I st- I'm, I'm still a believer in 2020, and I, he's still an upgrade in Cleveland over what they've gotten right they, field. They, all they do is add guys like that okay. that are a tiny bit better. Okay. Go get somebody legit. I agree, but who? And you Kansas just said City, nobody's out of it. Kansas City's got nobody either, except for a couple, you know, I got a couple of okay arms in the pen. Right now, there's yeah. no real sellers unless, like, the Cubs and White Sox fall out of it. Those guys, those teams have guys to trade, but. Yeah, I, I do think, you know, if you're the White Sox, you're 12 games under 500 and you're seven games out in a, in a horrible division. Yeah. So, in these next seven weeks, are you going to stay right where you are? What if you stay right where you are right now? You're 6-7 back and, you're, and yeah. you're 10 games under 500. You have to decide, I think, at that point that you have a lot of good pieces and that guys like Lucas Giolito and Lance Lynn and Tim Anderson and whoever else they want to throw in there could all be tradable and can make you a much better version of yourself. If you if you are 10 games under 500 and you win the AL Central at, at 82 and 80, you know, how, how do you feel about your playoff chances going right, in sure. against the Yankees and the Rays and the Astros and all that? You can't feel that great. I mean, there's still a thought like the Phillies last year saying, well, you're in, you can do whatever, and that's true. But I, I do think that if you're a team that is on the cusp of either deciding to rebuild or at least retool or going for it, and you're 10 games under 500, I think the, the right choice is to retool. So I do think some of these sellers will, will reveal themselves over the next several weeks. And I do think it will be a clearer picture by the end of July, yeah. which teams will need to sell. I, I also think that because of this kind of parity, that you're going to see teams waiting a lot longer, that it yeah. will be that final week or final couple of days before things really would pick up in the trade market. You know, uh, when, when, how, how have you felt uh, about the, the pitch cl- uh, clock? I think a lot of people talked about it early on. Um, people settled in a little bit. Um, do you think some pitchers are still struggling with that? Um, do you think there's any uh, unintended consequences of the pitch clock? I and mean, how, how have you so- seen that? kind of evolved in, in the way teams are approaching it now. Yeah, you know, I think, uh, uh, you know, for the Guardians, it, it shouldn't really matter at all. That is the youngest pitching staff in baseball. And Quantrill's 28, and he's he's the oldest guy in the in the entire pitching roster for, for the Guardians. I think the older pitchers are still having some issues. We, we saw Lance Lynn yesterday, and, and he, he didn't look right. You know, he was giving up a lot of home runs. Uh, you know, he's a guy who relies on – Throwing a lot of fastballs, and and he just he's got a six and a half ERA right now. Um, I don't know if that's all because of the pitch timer, or maybe it's because of the pitch timer, and he's thirty six, and he's had leg problems. Uh, I don't know, but uh, you know, you look around the league, and it seems like the older pitchers are the ones that have been having the harder time adjusting. Uh, you know, I think Scherzer is still adjusting uh, two months in, so it, it seems like it's something that's affecting the older pitchers. But I think the league's thought is well. It's very popular with the fans. It's very popular overall with the players and, and front offices. So if you're struggling to get adjusted, get over it. Figure it out and, and be the best you can within the new rules. And this, this isn't going anywhere. Wayne, what do you make of a guy like Shane Bieber, Southern yeah. California guy? Uh, I think probably that's where he'll be next year is somewhere on the West Coast. But doesn't throw hard anymore. He's down in the 91, 92 range Got for the most. Yesterday. 
Yeah, for the most part, he's been effective, but his margins are so small, he's been getting hammered. I'm just wondering, what's the view on Shane league-wide, and is that a guy who's still looked at as a top-of-the-rotation ace type of pitcher? I think that his 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 pedigree shows that that he is. I think Shane Bieber has had a really good career. He's just turned 28 yesterday, so he's he's really uh, still a young pitcher. He's had a lot of success, you know, out of out of Laguna Hills High School. I'm sure I'm sure some teams out there are going to be interested in Bieber. You know, the Angels have not committed much to pitchers, and if Shohei does go somewhere else, well, all of a sudden, whatever money they thought they were going to be putting into Shohei now can go to other people. And I think Shane Bieber would be at the top of that list. I think him and, and Giolito are, are somewhat similar. Um, you know, Bieber's had more success than Giolito, but two, two guys from that area, still pretty young, still have had some really good success at the major league level. And uh, I think that those are guys you should try to wrap your future around in some way. Uh, I, I don't know. I wouldn't be giving Bieber the kind of money that the top of the line uh, saw young perennial candidates get, but I think as a as a number two starter, uh, number three starter, I think I think Shane Bieber would fit into a lot of rotations. And and if you trust your staff to get the most out of a guy like that, uh, it could really work wherever he ends up. You know, this Twins rotation has been really good. I mean, Sonny Gray's pitched well. Lopez, uh, Joe Ryan's been awesome, and even Bailey Ober, who I, I believe the pitching matchup tomorrow night is Bailey Ober and Savali. Yeah. For tomorrow's game, he's coming off the IL. That's been I, the surprise for the Twins. I think their their rotation's been a lot better than I, at least I expected. I know overall they haven't been great, but their rotations have been really yeah. good. Yeah, you know, I think Sonny Gray felt like he got off to a weird start last year. The lockout seemed to mess him up. He was a, he was a big part of the union's representation. Yeah. And didn't feel ready, and then he got traded, and then you know there was there was a lot happening there that he felt. Like he didn't give it his his best season last year, so he really came into this year in good shape, and has hit the ground running. You know, if you don't watch the National League East much, and you don't you don't pay attention to the Marlins much, you don't realize how good Pablo Lopez is. Yeah, and uh, Pablo's really good. And they traded Luis Arise to get to get Pablo, and there's a reason why they felt like they could make that trade. Um, Pablo's a tremendous pitcher, and I think that he's he's been a big help to that rotation. Yeah, some of these other younger guys too have stepped in. And done a nice job. So the, you know the Twins lost their pitching coach in the middle yeah. of last season, and they've they've been able to just continue right on with with right. good pitching and with solid guys. And they they kind of have they're almost similar to the Guardians in the sense that you know they bring a couple of guys up from AAA, and they look like they fit right in too. Yeah. Uh, you know we saw Ober just like we saw Peyton Battenfield have some good starts, or Tanner Bybee uh, for the Guardians. You know Louis Varland for Minnesota has has had some good moments too. So. I think those teams believe in their pitching. I think for the Twins, the the one thing that they feel like has to make them uh, the favorite is that they have the guys with the best offensive pedigree. You know, you expect that you're going to get more out of Correa. You know, you expect you're going to get more out of Buxton, although who knows um, with his injury history. But now Royce Lewis is back. Joey Gallo has had some, some ups and downs this year, but he's had more ups than he's had recently. Yeah. So they, they have to feel like they're in the driver's seat, but it doesn't seem like the Tigers are, are going away necessarily, although Riley Green got hurt. Yeah. There's still a little bit of talent there. And the Guardians, they really figured out the second half of last season how to play together and how to win, and I, I wouldn't sleep on them either. You know, Wayne, when we, um, we talk about, you know, the history of the game, when I grew up in, in 94, um, 94, the heyday, you had the Frank Thomas, you King Griffey Juniors, and – and, and some of those really big, huge names. Um, you, you cover a guy at Mike Trout who has been, I mean, phenomenal for years. I mean, he's he's been the best player universally known for, I, I would say, whether almost a decade. Well, not anymore. Well, now not Donnie or Judge. Well, they, yeah, now they got yeah. either one or two. They yeah. could have the two best players yeah. in the league. How is it that he, he is the most nameless and faceless star Ever like he's in a big market. He's he's in California. He's he's a five two guy. He can play the game. He's fast. He's strong. He can hit for power. Why has he why has he not translated on the large mega you know scene? And before you answer that, Wayne, I have to add to what G was saying. When the All Star Game was here a couple years ago, I was at the media day, 
And I've covered a number of NBA media days where you have to arrive 45 minutes early if you want to be within 30 rows of, of someone like LeBron or, you know, Dwayne back in his heyday. Mike Trout, halfway through the session, I could just walk up and have like a one-on-one -on -one with him. It was, I've never yeah, seen yeah, anything like it. That's, Why? I think there's a difference between the media and their thoughts on Mike and the fans and theirs, uh, first of all. Second of all, to really answer your question, he hasn't won. He hasn't won anything. He hasn't won one playoff game in his career. Uh, he's been a great regular season player, and he's never he's been in one playoff series. He, he came into the league in 2011. He's been in one playoff series, and he, they lost all three games. Wow. He hasn't won. So that's, at the end of the day, I think from a media standpoint, that's that's the answer. From a fan standpoint, I think, I think he is a bigger superstar than people give him credit to be because everywhere we go, the fans are obsessed with seeing Mike Trout. We were just in Chicago, which is where I'm from. All anybody talked to me about was that they want to see Mike. It's it, more than I heard that they want to see Shohei. They want to watch. They want to come out and see Trout. Hmm. And I, I hear that in, in many cities that we go to. The fans are all about Mike Trout. And I think that he really does an over-the-top job in reaching out to the fans, reaching out to kids. He takes more pictures with kids, signs more autographs for kids than any superstar I've ever seen in any sport. He's he's really really great with with fans. I don't think he cares as much about the media and about you know giving giving that much thought. I think he's been better over the last year or so. I think the World Baseball Classic he kind of he kind of took some leadership in Team USA. And anytime he's given interviews this year, I think he's been a little bit more outgoing. It's never been something that's important to him, like like being there for the fans or or reaching out to kids is. And I think that there's a gulf between what media thinks of Mike Trout and what fans do. Hmm. Fair enough. Wayne, we Mikey. got one last one for you here. Uh, as you can tell, we like to have a little fun on this show. And as we do with Bull sometimes, we got to bring up some old memories. Bull used to call – Bull was single-A baseball. And he told yeah. us about a story of the time he called an inning while on the toilet because of the setup <laughs> in single-A baseball. Did you ever call – Wayne, did you ever call games in the New York Penn League? No, I did the Midwest League and the Southern League. Okay, because in the in the in the Penn League, and the Mets have the Cyclones, or they did. I don't know if the Cyclones are are still in the the, the Penn League's gone. Yeah. But there was a, a stadium in Jamestown, New York, one of the oldest stadiums in the country, and they're in the press box right next to the road team radio booth was a bathroom that you could open up the door. And be looking right out on the field. And I was called, you know, as you know, in the minor leagues, you call games by yourself most of the time. There's no right. there's no partner. And so, yes, I did do an inning from the toilet <laughs> once. That is true. So, my question, Wayne, do you, not asking if you've ever done one from the toilet, because I'm imagining the answer is no. I think both he wouldn't admit it. ever do it. He's a pro's pro. No, but I'm saying, what's your, I admit it. What's your okay. craziest uh, broadcasting story, maybe, as you were coming up through the ranks? Um... Good question. You know, I've done a lot of games on like roofs of, of press boxes and in, in lane and all that. You do a lot of that when you're coming up, um, you know, doing a game on your phone because the, the connection's not working right. I've done that. Um, you know, I think one, one time, now Joe Davis, who does the Dodgers and does the World Series now, he was in Montgomery, Alabama doing minor league games, and I was in Mobile. So we were both in the Southern League together, and we had a you know, really a thousand degrees there in Alabama and we were in like in the 15th inning. So I, you know, the, the way the booths were constructed, was a little sliding like drive through window between us. And so I opened it up and I asked Joe if he wanted some, some, some slushies, you know, they were, they were starting to give away slushies down in the concession. So uh, he said, yeah, why not? We're nobody's listening to us at that point. And so Joe was doing his broadcast uh, for Montgomery and I was doing mine for mobile and you could, Probably hear both of us slurping on our slushies in between nice. in in between pitches and uh, you know slurring our words, slushy in our mouth and all that. So, uh, remember that next time you watch a World Series game and you see Joe. And yeah, That's you awesome. guys were, you know, at least you weren't drinking from the same slushy and passing it back. And forth. <laughs> that would have been a little awkward. Have, yeah, two straws. Yeah, <laughs> two straws. Yeah, right. That would have been cute, like Lady in the Tramp, right? Yeah. Uh, Wayne, fine. we appreciate you taking the time. We'll all watch. The Guardians and the Twins tomorrow night on Apple TV. The game's at 8. What time does the, 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 the pregame start? 
Yes, I believe so. 7.30 and then uh, Dontrell Willis and I in the booth. D-Train's great. Uh, people are, uh, he has so much passion for the game. He loves baseball. And the players love Dontrell. When they see Dontrell Willis, they light up like a Christmas tree. So uh, it's cool to work with the D-Train, and, and we'll be out there tomorrow night. Yeah, I used to wow. love watching I'll, him pitch. I'm, I'm a Cubs oh, yeah. fan, love, so love I, I don't like Dontrell Willis. <laughs> I, I, listen, I had to get over it, too. I I, yeah. I, I was there. I was at the Bartman game. Uh, I, oh, you I get were? It, but, uh, yeah. Yeah, but can we call time and calm everybody down, please? Can we? I guess it's okay now. You know, whatever. It's kind, of, yeah, it's kind of okay now, but yeah, yeah. still, you know, I, Dontrell and I hashed it out. We had to talk through it, yeah. but uh, we're good now. All right, Wayne, we appreciate it, man. Appreciate thanks, a lot. Man. Uh, thanks a lot. Thanks a lot, guys. Wayne Randazzo, he does a good job. He's good. He's a good broadcaster. Um, and then Very the games good. on Apple TV. Go ahead, Mikey. What you got to give us a report, by the way, on Monday <coughs> or Tuesday when you're back in about how this watch party goes with a bunch of yeah. 9, 10, and 11-year-olds. So mm. excited to see how that goes. And it's, be curious They'll watch they, for like 10 minutes. They're going to start cooking some more. Pitch clock. No, it they'll, helps be, the young they'll kids. be just playing, you know, playing tag or doing all kinds of crazy <laughs> shit. Dodgers are 2-0. and oh. We won again. Dodgers are 2-0. Oh, and oh. We you won again. last night? Uh, Monday. Uh, Tuesday, right? Tuesday. Tuesday. How AJ play? It's the first game. He had a rough day. He struck out twice. He was he's just over he's trying to hit the scoreboard oh, on rusty. every pitch. Yeah. He's rusty. Yeah, that's a problem when you're trying to kill the ball. Yeah, I told him he got short in the swing, dude. Yeah. It'll go. It'll go. Yep. Game three. Right. Kids is, don't realize uh, that. You just gotta make contact. Yeah. I've got game three Friday night. We're missing a couple kids to high school graduation yeah. though, so We'll see. High school graduation? They're, they're older brothers and sisters, and the parents are making them go. That's bullshit. <laughs> what? Hey, hey, man. I'd be so pissed if I were those kids. No, okay. That's a, you got to give a rat's ass about your brother graduating high uh, school. Hey. You got to do what the family does. My, uh, I'm fine ass. with that. My it. mom used to excuse me from everything. That's right. Hey, well, my actually, yeah, it was just like, hey, that's a priority. Like, we're yeah. not going to be missing no games. We don't care what you got going on. Like, we're not going to be at that. We and we got to juggle vacations. Like, when, you, when the oh, vacation man. season oh. starts. That kills you. <clears throat> All right, the NBA Finals tip off tonight, and we yeah. do have to spend at least 10 minutes here previewing and making our picks for the Denver Nuggets-Miami Heat series. Yeah. Where, where do you guys <clears throat> want to start with this? Well, you know, I was listening to NBA radio. Um, Frank Isola and uh, Mitch – what's the other New York writer? Mitch uh, – Lawrence. I think it was Mitch Lawrence. Normally, he's with Scalabrine. Normally – Yeah, Scalabrine wasn't on this morning okay. for some reason. All right, it's Mitch it, Lawrence. Then. I think it was Mitch Lawrence. I'm not 100% sure. I can't remember. And they were – it was interesting. And the reason they brought this up, I hadn't heard this, but then they played the clips where Jokic was asked, like, who was the guy he looked up to in the NBA when he was coming up? Mm-hmm. And he said it was Tim Duncan. And then Michael Malone, the coach of the Nuggets, kind of compared him to Tim. Obviously, their games were a little different. Tim Duncan, you know, wasn't handling the ball up right, the court. Right, But in terms of, like, such selfless guys. Yeah. Quiet superstars. Yes. That's the they're comparison. very similar in right. that they're, they're, they're the in the same. They're cut from the same cloth. Yeah, I don't know right? that their games necessarily are similar right. at all because no. Duncan wasn't shooting threes like this. No, not and making at all. Them but the, the, the type of guy they seem to be. Very quiet, unassuming, yes. don't care about media, uh, keep to themselves. Like, those are the guys you want. Yeah, it's the Nick Chubb of Cleveland. They like, don't care. Like, Tim Duncan, it didn't seem, maybe he did. It didn't seem like he cared about, like, he didn't care about how many points he scored. He didn't care about... Am I going to win the MVP? Like, he just wanted to win. That was all that mattered. That's the way Elite to see. Yeah, I mean, that. look at that. That's, that's nuts. He's, like, he's averaging a triple-double in this post, in these crazy. playoffs. And I don't I don't expect that to go away now. Like, I, I think he's and probably he going to end looks like up. a guy playing rec league basketball. I, I've said a hundred times on the yeah. show, he'd be the last guy taken. If he showed up on a playground schoolyard game, yeah. pick him. He'd be the last dude you take. I have to think about it. He was it. the last pick in the All-Star game. In the All-Star game. That's embarrassing. That's blasphemy. That's embarrassing. I totally agree. That's ridiculous. Yeah, he's, he's, he's just – he's been over-the-top dominant. Like, you know, and, and the thing I think is what's really unique about him is is he does it in a different way. He's, he's, he's you know, if you don't have a wing player, right, I, I commend, you know, Mike Malone and, and Spo for doing things like, all right, well – Let's we got other players that we want to get involved. Let's open Jamal Murray up a little bit by he don't need to bring the ball up the court every time we can initiate off right. with, with Joker, you know, and, and I think that's one of the moves that I, I look at it. Wow. He's averaging that much too. Porter's no, averaging. I, I, I think that's a t- I think it's 17. That can't okay. Be. I'm yeah, about yeah. to say this dude, they but still, I mean, yeah, those numbers. 
I mean, he's shooting 40% for the free throw. Murray's for... averaging 27.7. Okay. I'll get you, uh, so, so, we got to update that. That's so me. just, I mean, so they got, not only is he averaging a triple double, but they're, their next two guys are averaging. They've got, I think six guys averaging double figures in the playoffs. And, and, and they all pass. They all rebound. Like everybody. Yeah. yeah. And they, they, they seem stuff. like one of the most unselfish teams you've ever seen. They run stuff, Jason. You can see the sets. You can be like, oh, let's run some action right. here. Like, it, you know, when you watch other teams, it's like pulling teeth. It's hard to watch them. Like, every shot is contested. Every shot is just, you know, you're getting down the forward and shot clock. They don't get any easy baskets, and all these guys can pass, cut. It's just it's a different way of watching the game. They have been probably the most disrespected, underappreciated number one seed in recent memory of the NBA. And I'm just as guilty right. of it. I, I thought Phoenix would beat him in the second right. round. I thought the Lakers were going to beat him in the conference. I, I did too. I'm done picking against the Nuggets. Like, oh, you can't. They pick. are for no. real. And yeah, yeah. I was so impressed watching. They, they outclassed the Lakers by a mile in terms of talent in that series. Right. And I was just as guilty after game one thinking, it don't matter, man. The Lakers, they, right, they're right, going right. to figure this out. Yeah. No. no, Denver really is that good. I think – I think Spoh is the better head coach in this series, but Michael Malone is an ex. It's only because I think Spoh is the best coach in the league. But to your point, like in the other series, the gap between Spoh and the other coach was like this. It's huge. Yeah. Whereas, yeah, everybody agrees Spoh is the best coach, but Michael Malone probably he's been top around. five also, he's right? Been, I don't know if he's top five, but no. he's really good. He's good uh, enough. He's, top I, ten, definitely. Yeah, I, Mike was here for a number yeah. of years as Mike Brown's assistant the first time around. Yeah. He's got a g- terrific reputation around the league. He went to the Sacramento death hole and got out of yeah. it, and now he's in Denver. But they are so good. They've got – I mean, Aaron Gordon has guarded Cat – in these playoffs, he's guarded Durant. Yep. He's yep. covered. He's guarded LeBron. Yeah. Now he's going to be on on Butler. So they've got someone right. because a lot of times it's well, who are you going right. to use on Jimmy? Well, they've got a guy who yeah. can guard Jimmy. I don't think there's anyone on Miami who can right. guard Jokic. Right. And the important thing when it comes to Malone too is he's got a great relationship with his best player, and that's yeah. isn't that the key ultimately. They, they there's a lot of trust throughout yeah. that roster. Right. And you you have got to have buy-in and trust as a head coach, particularly right. in the playoffs. And he's got that. I mean, look at that. Mike's talked about that. I know off the show, I think throughout the series. Yeah. Look at those numbers. And I mean, the altitude will play a factor, particularly in game one. Denver's rested. They've been off for a week. That matters. Right. Miami's coming off a grueling seven game series. Now they got to go to the altitude. I think Denver would be a heavy favorite in game one for that reason. I know there's yeah, the whole nine rest versus rust. in the game. Yeah, I know there's the whole rest versus rust argument. Give right. me the rest every time. Well, every and, time. And I, think, I think you mentioned this, brought this up. I, I don't know where this really comes from, but the whole thing about, you know, whether or not it's going to be a good series or not. Like, it, oh, like because it's not – big teams in terms of popularity. Where did that come from? Everybody's always worried. The NBA is not going to like this. Who cares what the NBA likes? It's like, dude, I watch these games because in sports, it's it's a way to choose a definitive winner of who is actually the best team. That's the great thing about sports. Sports sometimes because I, I think the writer and the media, and I think the leagues have done a really good job of framing sports in a way that the average person can understand. We can understand good versus evil. We can understand the, the Yankees versus the Red Sox, the dark empires, the teams with the money or the big cities versus small cities. Yeah, like they did a really good job of, of framing that in a way that people can understand the context and the storylines of, of ins and outs of sports. But for me, as a guy who just loves sports and that plays sports, all the sports growing up, to me, sports is a way you figure out who's the champion. It's about putting the work in and doing it. And who cares if it's not the Boston Celtics or Lakers yeah. every time? Right, right, right. The well, Denver Nuggets are the best team. Yeah. And the Miami Heat came from nothing, and they're a great by team. By the way, my, my, Miami is the biggest underdog to ever get to the finals. It's course. remarkable. Yeah. Their story is remarkable. And yeah. all credit to them. But you're going to find out in about two weeks why – the league doesn't want right, this but we don't, when the ratings like, come out. Right, the ratings are going to be crappy, but yeah. I don't care about well, that. Well, no, but you're yeah. an avid sports fan. Like, right. people who love the NBA and people who love sports in general are going to watch. Yeah. But that's not that big of a majority of, right. of, of like, the numbers are going to be low on, on Same thing series. with hockey. They got all exciting. Not that hockey's yeah. as big as I mean, NFL but. doesn't matter. You're going to watch Super Bowl. Right. It's, it's the, the only Bowl. sport it, that doesn't it matter. It doesn't matter. It's the and, only sport that doesn't matter. But baseball, basketball, it matters. Right. Markets matter. 
Right, exactly. Go ahead, Mikey. All right, we, we did five. a top five that we yeah. have to get in today because it's the storylines to watch in the finals. Okay. So we're going to do a five storylines yeah. that you have to be paying attention to as these two teams duke it out over the next at least four games. The first one and the least serious of all of them. Are you guys ready? I bet you don't even know this exists. How about the Nikola Jokic-Nikola Jovic matchup in the finals? The Miami Heat's first-round pick this year is Nikola Jovic, whose favorite player growing up was Nikola Jokic. Jovic won't play. Jokic is obviously the favorite to win MVP. What? Almost the exact same name. I bet you didn't That's know he crazy. existed. First of all, I don't care, but it's not a top-five storyline. <laughs> yes, it is, because the other four are combined, really. Because they got the same name? Same name. It's cool. It's fine. It's a cool nugget, but not a top it's five story. Fine. But all right, whatever. Bull has it eight. You're going to notice some of these nuggets, they're condensed in I'm multiple hungry. nuggets in one nuggets. nugget. Okay, number four, a little more serious. How about the Tyler Hero watch? So he hasn't played since game one of the first round series against yeah. Milwaukee, and Miami hasn't needed them. They were 20. He's not playing game one. They already said it. No, no, he's coming, potentially coming back for game three. I said he hasn't played since game oh, one right, right, in right. Milwaukee. Miami was 27th in the league in three-point percentage this year during the regular season, which is the lowest of any team to ever make the finals since the three-point percentage and the three-point revolution has happened. Without him, they've been on fire. They're the best three-point They're shooting, shooting out of their minds. In the playoffs. And when I was in Dallas last month filming that pilot, Devin Harris told me, he's like, hey, the Heat are better without Tyler Hero. He's fine in the regular season when no one plays defense anyway. But when teams lock in, Hero does his own offense. The other four guys on Miami play within the system. It's going to be interesting to see how they try to fold him back into the mix because they need firepower to keep up with Denver. But I'm not sure Hero coming back this late after Caleb Martin stepped up, Max Struess, Gabe Vincent. I'm not sure how they're going to. Yeah, I'm not cutting that. Caleb Martin's I, I'm just, the way he's playing. I'm just not what sure these guys. No. I'm just not sure these guys are going to keep shooting the way that they have. Eventually, there's going to be regression to the mean, and the Heat yeah. just haven't been a very good shooting team. I'm, I'm with Mike. I, th I think they need Hero. Uh, well, if I'll look at it this, if what does it mean if the Heat win? We're get there. Don't, don't, don't right. we're getting there. Yeah. All right. Number three. Number three. The Nuggets have been a franchise for 47 years. They have never made the finals. They are yeah. looking for the first championship in franchise history. And Jason alluded to that altitude. They are 42 and seven at home this season. They yeah. haven't lost wow. at home in the playoffs. They've won and this by double figures. The average margin is double figures in the playoffs Correct. at home. Wow. And for a franchise that's had a lot of pretty solid players, like Jokic is the best player they've ever had, but they've had some pretty good players throughout their tenure of their franchise. The fact they've never been to a finals in 47 years is unfathomable. And this is probably their best chance. Was last year the first time the Colorado Avalanche got? Because they won the Stanley Cup last year. No, Patrick no, Roy. Won, Roy oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Patrick Waugh. Yeah, Rock, yeah. I think they won like two. Oh yeah, Joe Sakic. <laughs> Look at that, Colorado Avalanche historian yeah, Mike it, Lucas it's right here. Impressive. Number okay, two. number two. G mentioned this. I combined about seven things into one bullet point, and it's simply Heat culture. An eight seed has never won the title. Miami's looking to become the first. If they could, and if they do. That would cement Jimmy Butler's status as one of the all-time great playoff performers and would cap off a historically phenomenal playoff run, catapulting him from that mid-level tier. You know, most people throughout the season thought he was top 12 to 15 in that range. I don't think you could start any list without him being in the top five or six if they are to pull this off. No and trivia question for you guys, based on Heat culture, six coaches in NBA history have three rings. Six. Spoh's looking to become the seventh. Can you yeah. name the six who currently have three? Phil Jackson. Correct. Pat Riley. Correct. Pop. Correct. Casey Jones. No. Auerbach. Correct. Oh, Two wow. more. How did I not get that one? You uh, said how many rings? Two more. At least three. Casey One's Jones didn't win three? No. One obvious, one not so obvious. Um, one obvious. You guys have named Phil Jackson. Oh, right. Steve Kerr. There's the obvious. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Duh. And one more who, I'll be honest, I had never heard of this guy. Is it somebody from like the 50s or 60s? Yes, John Kundla, who coached the Minneapolis Lakers. Yeah, we would have never heard that. We know that. So look at that list. That is the elites of the elite coaches. A lot of phenomenal coaches, yeah. including Casey Jones, have won two. Very, 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 very few have ever won, won three. three championships. Hmm? Who? Larry Bird. As a coach? No, no, as a player. This says just a coach, though. Coaches. No, he's no, saying he was the I coach. I thought Casey Jones was his coach every year, but I guess not. Unless he didn't win three championships. I thought he did. I don't he know. Did. I will double and triple check that. I checked two different places yesterday. Was on Red Arbach still know. the coach for when no, he first came in the league? For, I don't think not so. For, not in the 80s. Yeah. He was gone by the you know, I, you know, I think. You know, but so either way, if we yeah. do add, and I'll double check, but this was 
I, that I, was from an ESPN article, and then I double-checked right. it because I, mean, I, I had to look up who John Kundula was. I, I certainly am wrong. And, and think back to the first year when LeBron was in Miami and people wanted Spo fired because LeBron bumped his shoulder and the disrespect and, you know, how ridiculous that right, was. Right. Yeah. And now look where Eric Spolster is today. Hey, well, everybody, now if you coach, you get to the, you can win a championship or get to the finals, you'll be fired in the next year. Well, not Spolstra. That's, and, I mean, to the Heat's credit, not a lot of people stood up yeah. to prime LeBron. That's true. And he's my guy, but sometimes you got to stand up to him. And Pat Riley said, that is your coach. You go play for him. Right, right. Good. And, and look where maybe, he got him. Maybe if LeBron had, should have had more of that in his career. Well, I'm glad he boycotted David Blatt. Yeah. That was the right move. Yeah. <laughs> Bird only owned two championships? Casey Jones only won two, 84 and 86. Did Bird win three as a player? Stand yeah. by. Yes. I know he didn't win any as a coach. Did, did Larry Bird, three-time champion, 81, 84, 86. So, so who was, was the coach in 81? Was it maybe still it was, Red Auerbach? Maybe it was Red. Uh, 84, who was the coach? 81, 81. 81. 81, that's what I'm sorry. Uh, um, who was the coach, 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 coach? Uh, um, we'll tell you in overtime. All right. I, I, I'm going to have to look Do we up. have a number one here? Or yeah, we, we do have number one. Yeah. We touched on it earlier a little bit, but Jokic's legacy. We talked about where he fits in the all-time center pantheon already. Yeah. He's top six, seven. He wins a ring. He is right in the middle with the yeah. the guys and on a trajectory at least to be right in the conversation well, with the all-time great. Sha- Shaq I, has four. I think right now you got to say he's the best player in the NBA, don't you? Yes. He is to me. I mean, he, I don't have a vote. Yeah, I, he would have been yeah. my vote. I'm not just saying that now. He would have been my vote. There is, there's no MVP. team in um, – Bill Fitch was the coach. Bill Fitch. Bill Fitch. Fitch. Oh, God, wow. I forgot about right. that. Celtics coach. Bad job out of me. 62 wow. and 20 that year. All right, we'll see you on overtime coming up next. Uh, i got to call my wife. Jason's got to call his wife told about to call my wife. Real quick, what's with nope, that woman nope. showing her movies? Anyone picking the heat? Real quick, anyone picking the heat? No. 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 Nuggets Four, six. Six. Four one Nuggets. See ya.